get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker with you. Dan McLaughlin is on vacation this week, so we'll be handling the 10 to 11 hour. The first round of the MLB draft was held last night. You saw it on ESPN. And Kylie McDaniel, friend of the show, was there for ESPN TV and joins us now on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. Kylie, thanks so much for taking some time. How are you doing this morning? Doing good. I'll, I won't lie, my voice is a little bit hoarse because I'm not realizing I was talking a lot yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you were. You, you were Mel Kuyper-esque. Yeah, I got the hair a little taller. I tried to I tried to make that comp stick. <laughs> well done. Very well done. Okay, well, Kylie, since we're we're doing draft stuff here, give us a winner and a loser from the draft. So I still don't quite understand how Khalil Watson uh went from being considered as an underslot option at one and two overall and being a clear consensus t- top six prospect to getting what sounds like a little overslot at sixteen to Miami. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and it doesn't make any sense that he gets past about, you know, six, seven or eight, and he's going 15th. And one of the things we talked about on the broadcast is the, the Marlins aren't just like a uh, exciting team because they're young and talented and could be better, but they're also like a fun team, like just emotionally and socially they're fun. And Khalil Watson is that same guy. And he's also going to move quickly and looks like he could be the CJ Abrams of this draft. Like the comp sheets are out there. I, I, I mentioned Jose Ramirez on the broadcast. I, I just, it doesn't make any sense. And he's really excited. I'm excited for him. And I, uh, I sent a text to a friend with the Marlins and said, a couple of picks before it happened. If you can get, uh, if you can get Kula Watson this pick, I'm going to throw a Gatorade shower on. And he texted back about an hour later and said, I'll take the blue Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> and Kylie, in addition to getting Watson, I know that you had Joe Mack rated about where he went, but Miami getting Joe Mack at 31, also a, a nice looking selection. Yeah, and a lot of times I don't. I, I like teams where they have like a certain point of view. These are the kinds of players we develop well. These are the kinds of players we scout well. So we take these kinds of players, and I think those players both fit Miami's type. But they also just let the board come to them and saw like I would guess what happened is they get to about pick eight or nine, and Watson hadn't come off yet. They probably called his agent and said, "Hey, we'll give you slot at about ten if you just t- tell everybody not to pick you." And he's like, "Okay, like no one else is offering me money, I'll take it." Like it, it seems pretty obvious, and I'm pretty sure that's what happened. <laughs> Kylie, tell us what you think about the Cardinals' first-round selection, Michael McGreevy. We actually spoke to Mike earlier in the show, and we know he hates to walk guys, which was music to Cardinals fans' ears, and he seems like a a very fun and and confident young man. But tell us what you thought of that pick. Yeah, so he's uh, an interesting player, sort of unique within college pitching, because college pitchers is usually a little bit of a cop-out. You don't know who you want to take, and there's always college pitching available. And so you take these guys, and they're like polished. You know what they're going to be, and they're not going to be aces. McGreevy's story is at this time last year, he was just starting pitching. He was 88 to 91. He had converted from shortstop. He's at the same school as Shane Bieber, where obviously he went in the fourth round and then became a Cy Young winner. So all of that stuff got thrown on McGreevy. And in the spring, he was 90, 93, a lot of the spring, but he'd run it up to 96. He's got a plus breaking ball. 
And the issue was the fastball didn't have a ton of swing and miss to it, but I think some people see some of the same qualities that Shane Beaver had where he didn't have a swing and miss fastball either, that you can kind of tweak that a little bit, make that pitch a little bit better, and then obviously already has the breaking ball and has all the feel elements, all the command is there, the changeup will be able to come along. And the thing that separates him is there's not a lot of miles on the arm. It's one of the best arm action frame delivery combinations. And obviously the command is the thing that you sort of project from all of those secondary frame uh, and delivery type things. And so you can then take that and say, command's going to be there. Fastball is going to be there. The breaking ball's already there. You just have to believe a little bit more than you do with other 21 year olds like Will Bednar. You saw in the College World Series, like he's sort of the finished product. You just got to, you know, make sure he stays healthy. Maybe makes a little improvements here and there. McGreevy at 21 is one where you got to you got to project a little bit, but I think the upside's higher than some of the other college pitchers that win in that area. And I, I want to use the name Jordan Wicks because you had projected him to go to the Cardinals. Our friend Greg Amzinger at MLB Network also had Jordan Wicks coming to the Cardinals. Do you think it's as simple as Wicks being a more known? commodity than McGreevy? Yeah, I mean, if you put those guys head-to-head, like Wicks is the sort of prototypical pitchability lefty. It's the Kanana changeup or the two separators. The uh, He's almost 22. He's, you know, a, a little bit new on the scene, but it's just a little more of a polished product in that sort of Will Bednar um, mold that he's going to move quickly. He might be in double-A next year, and McGreevy, it might take, you know, an extra year or two to get there. Uh, but I would also say the Cardinals have a history of their preferences with pitchers tend to be like we have one or two qualities we really like, and we go find the best guy we can find with those one or two qualities. And it tends to be arm speed, athlete, clean arm action, has a fastball on the breaking ball, and like pretty much the rest of it they think they can teach. I remember with Luke Weaver, uh, what was that, five, six years ago? And he lasted to the end of the first round. It's a little the same stuff happened with Jack Flaherty, where it was like, ah, oh, the breaking ball's not there. He's a little small. And you know, all the scouting guys just have all the same thing on him. And the Cardinals were like, oh, he's got arm speed. We'll teach him a cutter. Like, we can figure this out. And, and McGreevy sort of fits in that general mold of there's a little more upside. He has the qualities they like and the things they think they can teach. Uh, he doesn't quite have yet, but they think they can teach him to him. Kylie McDaniel of ESPN with us on 101 ESPN. Kylie, I want to go back to the top of the draft, Pittsburgh taking Henry Davis. What is your overall uh, read on that pick by the Pirates? So it had been well known that throughout the process, they were price shopping around. And the again, the sort of unique part of this draft is there's a top tier of six or eight players. I would bet if I put them all in my top 100 right now, they would all rank between like 35 and 90. Like they're all very close and they will absolutely be in a different order at the end of the season. Um, and so in the, you know, the rules we have in the MLB draft, you can't trade picks. Uh, every bonus is negotiable, but everybody has a set bonus pool. So when you're looking at all these players and you're like, I think we prefer this guy, but if that one's $2 million cheaper, then we're going to go with that one. That was the situation they were in. But then the way that those negotiations work is none of them happened until literally the day of the draft. So nobody really knew what would happen. And I think the problem they had, I think they preferred Marcelo Meyer. And I think he was going to cost about a million and a half more than Henry Davis. And so I think they said, all right, these guys are close enough. We'll take the million and a half. We probably have some guys in mind for our second and third picks. And we think it's essentially a coin flip, so we'll take the money. And, I, you know, all of the guys in that top tier, I think, were completely acceptable answers there, especially if you're cutting that much money, which I think is what they did. But I, obviously, I don't know for sure. And then you mentioned Khalil Watson. What about Kumar Rocker falling to number 10 to the Mets? Yeah, that was a tricky one because – I don't think there was a ton of interest in him in the top five. I think it's well-known his uh, advisor is Scott Boris. And there was late rumors that Boris is calling owners at the second and third picks 
and basically pitching the idea of taking Kumar Rocker, which seems wild. Like if anyone wasn't interested in him, what could you possibly say to make him interested uh, to try to get him and play at two and three? Uh, because we'll just say a rival agency represented Jack Leiter and Scott Boris may have thought that Kumar Rocker was going to go number one overall entering the year. And so not only is it trying to do the best for his client, but also like trying to be his rival agency. <laughs> and, and both of those two agencies represented two players in that top tier of eight players. And, and some of the picks were negotiating with the same agency for two different players. So there was a lot of uh, weird stuff going on up there. And so I think there was like interest in quotes that picks two and three. I don't think anybody was actually going to take him until maybe six to eight. And so then when his expectations are set, hey, slot at six to eight is maybe where the actual interest is. Then that's where it opened up where nine, 10 and 11, which was the Angels, the Mets and the Nationals. That was his floor. Those teams could basically punt their second pick, effectively trade up and offer the money he could have gotten at 68, which I think is what happened. And I think that happened before team six through eight committed to him and said, we'll take you, we'll give you slot. So he then just said, I'm not signable. So he can slide down to the Mets and all things considered, I think the Mets might be the best situation for him anyway. Kylie, I know you've been super busy with the draft, but I did want to ask you about Matthew Libertor, who was great in the MLB All-Star Futures game. He goes 1-2-3 in the first inning with a strikeout in there. And Cardinals fans will always pay attention to top prospects, but I think Matthew Libertor they're going to have eyes on, especially because of the Randy Rosarena deal. But when you look at Matthew Libertor and his development to this point, what do you project him to be? So he was one of those guys where, you know, when he got drafted in 2018, it was, A, shocking that he got to the 16th pick. Uh, and B, it was, oh, he's got 55 to 60 above average to plus stuff across the board, big left-hander, long track record, checks all the boxes, but then sort of cross your fingers, we'll see what happens with the high school pitcher. Um, and again, he you know fits all those things uh, that the Cardinals look for in pitchers, uh, which I think is like a pretty good set of things to look for in terms of size, arm speed, fastball, breaking ball, pretty good feel, pretty good athlete. We can fix the rest of it, not fix, but you know, improve if needs to be. Uh, but there's just this fear with every high school pitcher, more so like hard throwing righties than Libertor, who's more of a you know medium velocity lefty. Uh, although you know he'll get into the mid mid nineties when he needs to. Um, the, the question is just can he get past that injury nexus eighteen to twenty one without having a big injury? That's just the risk with every high school pitcher. He got through it. He's had the sort of command. I think has even improved like steadily since high school, and the stuff has stayed roughly the same. Maybe gotten a little bit better and has made all those adjustments. And he, the reason he was seen as one of the top high school pitchers in his class when he came out, why it was so surprising that he slipped is because the big intangible, when you have to project these kids out like seven, eight years is what's between the ears. And everybody thought he had it between the ears, which is again, why it was surprising that he slid and surprising that he was traded. Uh, obviously in, in retrospect, that was not as surprising. They were willing to trade him for a Rosarena. Uh, but Liverpool just seems like he's hit every checkpoint along the way of like, you know, if a hundred percentile is the best possible outcome, it seems like he's in like the 80, 85 percentile. Like things have gone pretty well for him in the minors. Kylie, great job last night. Those four letters ESPN make everything bigger. And I thought it was really cool that you guys a covered the baseball draft like you did and did such a great job. And uh, a big thanks to you for your great work last night and for joining us this morning. Thank you very much. Yeah, and we're, uh, we seem excited to try to make the baseball draft into a thing, and uh, I stand to be the one that benefits the most from that, so I'll take it. <laughs> great. Hey, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, and have a great day. Yep, thanks for having me on. See you later. That is Kylie McDaniel. He is the draft and minor league analyst for ESPN, does great work, and we appreciate him. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First. Always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, 
confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.